Morning, sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You were sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use a cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? Blog Talk Radio. Lucis Trust. A non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Welcome. Inner sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way, with new eyes. So, stay with us and together we'll look at the world and ourselves with inner sight. Our topic for today, Reincarnation, Part 3. And before we explore this topic, I'd like to say a few words uh, about Alice Bailey. Alice Bailey is the founder of the Lucis Trust. Lucis Trust sponsors this program. Alice Bailey wrote 24 books of esoteric philosophy, and those 24 books are the main inspiration for the dialogue that you hear in this show. The following thought is also from the works of Alice Bailey. The new psychology must be built upon the premise that this one life is not an individual's sole opportunity to achieve integration and eventual perfection. When the great law of rebirth is accepted, it will be found to be a major releasing agent in any moment of crisis or any psychological problem. The discussion we've had so far seems to view reincarnation as more of a psychological issue than a matter of past experiences and events. What is the real significance of reincarnation from the soul's standpoint? I suppose the easy answer to that is we don't know. Um, but from the Ageless Wisdom teaching and uh, a study of the Alice Bailey books, it seems that um, the things that we think are important about past incarnations, um, events that would have happened to us, experiences, relationships, attainments that we might have uh, reached, um, talents that we developed, really aren't particularly of interest to the soul. Apparently, the quality of the life is what the soul is focused on, the consciousness. And, of course, the uh, objective is always the expansion of consciousness to include 
uh, a larger and greater range of the whole and to see how unified and integrated all aspects of the outer world are on a subjective level. So that apparently is what the soul returns repeatedly, incarnation after incarnation, to to realize and to cooperate with. Yes, I think this is a good point because, um, as you as you say, the the uh, people tend to be interested in who they were in the past lives and what they did and uh, uh, whether they were famous or not and how many lives they've lived and when and all of those are more of interest to the personality life but the soul sees the whole thing the whole process from a much different perspective and that's what we're trying to get across here that we should try to see this from the soul's standpoint because um, that's the most important thing that's really working out Uh, we're only aware of one life this particular life but the soul is aware of and uh, works through a process of thousands and thousands of lives and plans many lifetimes ahead. So uh, it sees it much differently. We've talked in past um, programs about the three seeds that the soul um, retains at the end of any particular incarnation. Those are the three elements or um, the isolation of the three Aspect you could say of a, of any particular incarnation that the soul thinks are its major um, accomplishments. Everything else is forgotten and released, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, as the Bible says. But there's a, an element of the mental life that is retained, an element of the emotional experience, and an element of the etheric body and its uh, experience in that incarnation that are retained. And by the etheric body, we mean the the way that the individual has handled energy and force. Um, There is some particular aspect of each of those bodies, mental, emotional, and etheric, that is um, identified by the soul as the supreme achievement. And it becomes a kind of a seed they become kind of a seed for future incarnations so that there is a building quality to incarnation after incarnation but it isn't this endless accumulation of experiences and achievements like you might think in a bank account or something really a great deal of it is forgotten and released by the soul and in fact Alice Bailey says that until the individual consciously begins to tread the the spiritual path there is really no interest, uh, nothing of interest sufficient for the soul to retain. It, very little attention is paid to what's going on in the earthly incarnation. And yet, some people spend so much time trying to retrieve their um, past incarnations. And actually, that's kind of risky because you're venturing into murky territory. Yes, and those who, those will have the psychic capacity to read the Akashic records or to read one's uh, past life history uh, may not always get it accurate. Uh, they may be tuning into something that's really not part of you at all, but into some big thought form that uh, uh, seems to be attached to you. So uh, one, yeah, one does have to be careful about uh, those things. Otherwise, you'll get a lot of 
misinformation. And probably take on burdens that aren't really aren't yours to claim. I was thinking of the um, the myth of Orpheus and Eurydice. Orpheus loved Eurydice very much, and she died. And he made a, an arrangement with the gods, as I recall. It's been a long time since I studied that myth, but as I remember, he made an arrangement or a deal with the gods to allow him to go into the underworld, fetch her, and bring her back to life. They said he could do that on one condition, that when he was bringing her back, he couldn't look back. Well, he, he found her in the underworld and led her through the the cave, bringing her up to the daylight of earthly reality, but he couldn't resist looking back at her at some point in their journey, and she disappeared forever. And I've often wondered, my college teacher taught that myth in a really beautiful way. I mean, this was years ago. I remember he got a standing ovation. It was such an inspiring myth. We were young, and I suppose the idea of somebody loving somebody that much was what inspired us. <laughs> but I wonder why he wasn't supposed to look back. Perhaps it has to do with this intentional forgetfulness that the soul undergoes at the end of a lifetime. We don't retain those memories, and there must be a reason, because, like you say, they may link us into a, an emotional miasma that is really collective and not our own. Yes, and I think looking back to uh, remember Lot's wife looked back and mm. turned into a pillar of salt, and mm-hmm. uh, so there may be a, a relationship there. It's looking back and looking towards the past and wishing one could bring back the old days, the good old days, which were more or less probably the the bad old days, but uh, they have this uh, image and illusion that the the old past is is better than what it is now. So I'm sure that there is a lesson there for uh, Orpheus. This whole thing of memory has a lot to do with reincarnation, and um, psychologically it's fascinating to ponder on. Alice Bailey says that memory is creative. We may think we remember just facts, just the facts, only what really happened but she says it's actually creative in that we build into the memory bank not only real experiences and events but a lot that is not real not authentic she says that memory is the name given to the subconscious urges and desires and phobias and the instinctual tendencies that we have from childhood on and the the glamours and the wrong attitudes that we bring in with us at a at an early incar- early in the incarnation, and the name given to all of this is what she calls the dweller on the threshold, and that is actually the antithesis of the soul. It is everything that constitutes the not self, as she would put it. We think it's. Ourself, We think we're remembering the past. We think these attitudes and phobias and instincts define us. And yet, in fact, they are really not who we really are. But we mistake that whole collective memory for ourselves. And that's why I suppose we're not supposed to reclaim those incarnations. We're not supposed to go back into the underworld as Orpheus did. We should leave it alone and... Look to the future. Well, especially psychologically, uh, I think those who tend to bring up past lives, 
that that may be tampering with a lot of information that they can't handle, mm. and um, it a lot of it is probably best left where it is, and not to stir it up. And I think this is recommended by in the Bailey, Bailey uh, books, not to stir up all of that and bring it up because uh, it may be just too too difficult, too painful, uh, and perhaps it's best left alone. I've been wondering if there's some connection to what they call racial memory and reincarnation. As I understand it, racial memory has to do with the collective memory of a people based on past grievances for reasons of race or ethnic or religious or uh, cultural injustices and tragedies that are kind of passed down from generation to generation and become part of the racial memory, a kind of a, a collectively shared baggage that uh, is transmitted to future generations. I wonder about that because it it's interesting to think about it. If one is born into a group that has um, a racial memory of some um, past injustice or grievance that they believe has never been properly addressed, then they are identifying with the people who suffered that grievance, say, 200 years ago or 500 years ago. But who's to say that the soul of the individual was actually a member of that group at the time the grievance was uh, perpetrated? In fact, maybe the, that, that soul was on the opposing side or not uh, engaged in that experience at all. In this particular incarnation, this individual belongs to a particular ethnic group, but to inherit that racial memory really doesn't make much sense when you think about it. It's really, if there is a grievance that hasn't been addressed, it seems to me it belongs to all of humanity. And that's why I don't see how you can ask a particular group in the in the present to atone for something that happened so long ago. It it can only be asked, I would think, of all of humanity or not at all. Well, sure, it's a, a group karma in a sense, isn't it? Some kind of a group karma that's involved here and is not uh, necessarily a it has to do with a particular individual. Yes, and who's to say that you were a member of that group in the past? As I understand it, we experience incarnations in many different situations, many different groups. We are passing from race to race, religion to religion. Um, gender to gender, I think. Yeah, sure. gender to gender. There's, uh, we should be equally at home in a male or a female body and are from lifetime to lifetime so that the experience of the soul is, becomes really rounded out. So why identify so strongly with one particular fragment of the one humanity? It's a question I have. Nobody has an answer for it, but I think it is linked to reincarnation. For those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight. Our topic for today, reincarnation, part three. We have a special offer from Lucis Publishing Company, and that's the Alice Bailey book, The Soul, The Quality of Life. More or less, I guess, a, a statement or a, um, a theme about the book might be as follows. The soul, the higher self or individuality, is the guiding force within every human being. Through the law of rebirth or reincarnation, the soul returns to manifestation 
life after life, for purposes of service to the plan. Special offer comes in the form of free shipping and handling. So what you're paying for the book is $16. If you like to take advantage of this offer, uh, please send a check or money order, $16, to Lucis Publishing. Lucis is L-U-C-I-S. Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. That's Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, <coughs> New York, New York, 10005. Now, we'd also like it if you'd make a little notation um, when you send in your check that you heard about the offer on the program in your site. <clears throat> and also, donations, if you're interested in supporting our show, we certainly appreciate your support. That's what keeps us on the air. That's the only way that we can, can continue to do this show. Donations can be sent to Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. And please, if you can, if you can afford it, uh, send us something, um, uh, either large or small. They're both appreciated. And uh, uh, we'd love to continue doing these shows for you, but <clears throat> that's the only way that we can continue being on the air is through your financial support. Also, if you'd like to give us a call for any reason whatsoever, many people uh, call us because they'd like some information about Lucis Trust. Uh, I could avoid your making a phone call, probably, with a lot of you, if I just uh, make this uh, remark, and that is that um, uh, Lucis Trust is not a religion. It's a, um, a spiritual philosophy um, organization. We, we kind of, uh, I don't even know if organization is the correct word. It's probably not, but uh, just a group of people who read the Alice Bally books and uh, talk about spiritual philosophy when we meet, and uh, we have a couple of meetings during the year, two or three of them, and you're certainly welcome. And it's amazing how many people there are from all different walks of life, uh, all different religions, and it's just amazing how Dale and Sarah seem to harmonize this diversity, and everybody seems to get along, and uh, we get onto topics that uh, seem to have a commonality amongst all belief systems. So if you'd like to give us a call and order a general package of inf information, uh, give us a call on our toll-free number, 1-866-695-8247. That's 1-866-695-8247. 8247. Uh, the easy way to remember it is 1-866-NY-LUCIS. Think of 1-866-NEW-YORK-LUCIS. All of our inner site programs can be heard on our website at www.lucistrust.org. On the homepage, you'll find a link to today's program, which will be available for hearing in a day or two. Last week's program is already available, and many of our past programs can also be heard. Once again, it's www.lucistrust.org. The theme of each week's program is posted in advance on our website also, so that you can see in advance what next Sunday's program will be. <clears throat> I was thinking about the, uh, the theme uh, that I mentioned earlier during the commercial that more or less gives you the essence of the Alice Bally, Bally book uh, upon which today's show is based, and that's the soul, the quality of life. Uh, within that theme statement is uh, the remark that through the law of rebirth or reincarnation, the soul returns to manifestation, life after life, for purposes of service to the plan. I'm kind of confused because, you know, here we have someone like a serial killer returning, and, and what purpose does he have in divine plan? <laughs> 
Well, I'm sure his sole purpose is not to commit murder. I hope so. <laughs> uh, no. Um, I don't know. I think people like that, psychopaths, the, re- the really unevolved people who are functioning basically on a completely selfish, animalistic level, one could say their soul is um, so unable to reach them that it has its own um, its own agenda, its own level on which it lives, and there's very little connection to the individual dwelling in the physical body. The whole point of incarnation after incarnation and of treading the spiritual path is to close the gap, as it were, between the soul, which is consciousness, and the form aspect, which is the physical being. Some people haven't done much of a closing of that gap. Right, and I think a lot of in, in, in cases, in like in the case of this serial killer, perhaps this individual uh, incarnated being or person is so earthbound and so attached to uh, the earth or a certain situation or a certain very emotional situation or or um, situ- uh, circumstance that he's immediately drawn back into this life uh, and just kind of recaps and repeats the same problem all over again. Um, I'm, I'm not definitely sure about that, but that is often the case with uh, kind of unevolved people who uh, just simply can't um, get beyond the stage they are at. I suppose um, beings like that are part of what Alice Bailey calls the prisoners of the planet. People Mm -hmm. who are imprisoned in earthly form with no or very little spiritual consciousness at all. But I would assume that even those lowliest of entities are guided and watched over by higher beings that slowly prompt their evolution, which will come about through suffering, you can be sure of it, to break down that terrific selfishness that must um, uh, drive a, a serial murderer to do what he does. And in time, over eons of time, I suppose they progress. But couldn't we say those are special cases and uh, what we're trying to do in our discussion of reincarnation is focus on the more bumbling but well-intentioned <laughs> individuals like ourselves. Okay. Ordinary folks. Right? Yes, the ordinary bumblers like us. Well, yeah, there are, in every soul, there are what they call memory banks, and we mentioned this, I think it's related to the seeds, the three seeds that you mentioned at the mm-hmm. beginning of the program. And um, But they're like, all the you know, things that happen in one's life are con- are retained, let's say, in these memory banks, which are really units of energy within the sphere of the soul. And these are uh, retained from life after life, and they go back maybe thousands of years, and uh, they become the, um, the, the stuff of a particular life that the soul has in mind, and some of these memories and uh, qualities are brought forth into a particular life and worked out. And that's why we see 
certain people, maybe with uh, great disabilities, that are really working through uh, these disabilities. They're working through diseases and uh, all kinds of uh, incapacities. And I think those are related to past karma. They may also, though, be quite um, positive from the viewpoint of the soul. I think That's sometimes right. we we look for success in terms of uh, achievement, talents, gains that really serve the interests of the personality of the separated self, but don't, don't necessarily serve the uh, plan of the soul. And people, I think, even people who experience uh, what we might call a tremendous failure in life. People who lose their business or uh, a marriage fails or whatever, we can name it, commit a crime and go to prison, I don't know. People who experience real crisis in that sense might be learning from, from those experiences, might be gaining wisdom or understanding or greater sensitivity or more humility or whatever that from the soul's point is quite a gain. And it reminds me of that um, saying in the Bible that uh, we must be as little children to enter the kingdom of heaven. I've often wondered what that means. And I wonder if that's related to the parable of the rich young man that Jesus spoke of who had to leave behind all his talents and achievements and attainments in order to enter into the kingdom of heaven. That was speaking esoterically about the fourth initiation, which is a very advanced um, stage of the spiritual path when the, the soul, when the individual has to actually lose the soul, give up all sense of being an individuality in order to return to pure spirit. And the rich young man was one who refused to give up his achievements as an individual. Um, what is my point? That what we call achievements may not be what the soul views as gains. No, the gain to the soul has to do with consciousness and the development of quality and the, and the upgrading of the quality of the life. Because mm -hmm. that's what everything the soul stands for is quality. The quality of love, for example. How well does the individual in this particular life express the energy of love? And uh, because that's kind of the basic quality. And this is, I think, what the soul looks for, no matter what the outer circumstances of the life is. I think all of us should have hope in the realization that we're much more than we think we are. Uh, in the sense that people who have had near-death experiences encounter a being of light, quite typically, that they believe is, oh, a master, God, Jesus, whomever they attribute it to, watching over them. But near-death researchers have said they believe that really is the person's encounter with his soul, with himself, with the rest of himself, so to speak. We are very limited by having to dwell within a physical body and a brain consciousness while in incarnation. But when that incarnation is given up and the soul is released from limitation, he reclaims the rest of himself in a sense. And if we remember that there is much more to us 
than just this individual we know by a name in this lifetime. Maybe that would encourage us all. Please take advantage of the special offer from Lucy's Publishing Company, and that's the Alice Bailey book upon which this program has been based. Uh, the title of the book, The Soul, The Quality of Life. The Soul, The Quality of Life is a compilation of extracts from the 24 books of Alice Bailey, and the special offer comes in the form of free shipping and handling. It's available for $16. So what you need to do, if you would like to take advantage of this offer, is send us a check or money order, $16. Ask for the book, The Soul, The Quality of Life, and uh, we'll be happy to send it out to you. And also, if you'd like to give us a call for any reason whatsoever, give us a call at 1-800, excuse me, not 1-800, The easy way to remember it is, one eight six six ny lucis Think of New York Lucis. You've been listening to Inner Sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called The Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. any of the 40 Austin area O'Reilly Auto Parts stores where you'll find everyday low prices on the parts you need to keep your vehicle at its best. Our guaranteed low prices ensure you're always getting our best deal. In fact, we'll match any auto parts store's price on any like item. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Morning, sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You were sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use a McCafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that?